Welcome to the Apple of Truth, a weekly podcast where we cover every single episode of Lucifer while exploring potholes and diving deep into all the details you never knew you needed. I'm Vero. And I'm Lena. And we not only share a deep love for the show and its creators, but also for our glorious patrons who enrich our lives on more than one level. Today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 22, All Hands on Decker, which obviously is a reference to the naval expression that has migrated into common use. The phrase all hands on deck refers to sailors on the ship and a deck is the utmost tier of a ship. Also, I kind of love what indications it gives because all hands on decker. Yeah, everyone touch her. Yay. Yeah, at the same time. Yay. But before we actually dive into the episode, let's put our hands notch, notch, together for Chris, who upgraded her Patreon pledge to Believer level. And now, amongst other things, she has access to all the bonus we have recorded over the last year. So be like Chris, join our Patreon. And enjoy all the weird shit, Chris, you can now listen to. And also, most importantly, thank you what Lena said. <laughs> For today's episode, I wrote a very short summary, but I like it because I like this episode. <laughs> The worst possible bachelorette party, the best possible ending for disengagement, and probably my favorite Dan episode so far. All aboard the Chanel ship. Okay, let's hold on with the ship names which were not agreed upon ahead. I have said so before that I'm sticking with Chanel because it sounds like a dog. Okay. I don't remember that, so I was probably drunk. Now, I'm going to just move away from that and, and let, just let it sit there and move to the obsession of the week. And this time, I think it was pretty straightforward. And the obsession, to me, was understanding Chloe. Slight adjustment, thinking like Chloe. Hmm. Thinking like Chloe in order to understand Chloe. I'm too lazy to write that much. Oh, yeah. It's just, you know. I think this is a win. Two of ours together and they are a perfect explanation of what's going on. I think I can count this as a win. Yeah. Definitely. We have the usual facts and funs. Facts and funs. But there are not that many this time. We have the usual suspects with second time director Eduardo Sanchez. Previous work was off the record. He also did a bunch of Supernatural and he did one segment in VHS 2, a movie where I hated the first one with a passion but liked the second quite a bit. So that made me hopeful going into this episode. We all remember I wasn't happy after the last one. We have eighth time writer Sherry Alwood with her apparently final Lucifer credit. Her oh no. other No, 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 not oh no. Her other solo writing episodes were Sweet Kicks, Lady Parts, Stewardess Interrupters and The Sinbin. I'm sorry, did you just name all your least favorite episodes? Exactly. So <laughs> I'm sorry, Sherry Alwood, but thank you for your work. And I'm not sad that this is the last one by you alone. The title is set by Ella. Still, I have lost the count. I have not redone it. I'm going to do it in the summoning episode for which you, by the way, already should and can send in your feedback, your questions, your comments, your feelings, your criticism, whatever you can think of. Just send it to lucifer at taot-podcast.com or tweet at us. Send us DMs wherever you want. We will get it and we will read it and we will love it. So we are steering towards the end of the season. So our previously on Lucifer are getting more and more concentrated on certain things. Alas, previously on Lucifer. Ames is still on the Lucy is my test pool. Lucifer is still on the let's reveal Pierce isn't Pierce pool. Mace had a deal with Kane to get back to hell. Dan is waiting for Charlotte to sort herself out. Lucifer finally realizes he wants to be with Chloe, but Chloe gets engaged to Kane before Lucy can say anything. 
all the fun feelings from last time are flooding back in. This cold open completely confused me. My first comment is, where the hell are we? Yeah. And then, of course, we learn we are at a dog show and things start happening. There is a song that is allegedly called Yeah, 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 but Red Red <laughs> Lips, which I couldn't find anywhere. I have found something that is supposed supposed to be the song but it didn't sound the same so I'm not really sure what's going on there it's weird but it sounds like a good song I suppose it's a good song and as well as you I was just like meh what what is happening I really feel bad for the poor PA dude scrambling around fixing one situation having to scramble for the next situation and then to be rewarded for his troubles and pains, he gets to be the one to find the body. But holy shit, the scream transition was so well done. I fucking love it because it could very well have been someone screaming at the dog show. But no, it is Ella! And as much as I love the transition, I hate the reason for the scream. Mm-hmm. I feel like we can start out this with realizing that Chloe and Kane have been dating for a month tops before they decided to get engaged and now they're supposed to be getting married in three weeks time excuse me that is not okay yeah the whole three weeks marriage rushing things is completely bullshit especially looking at Chloe as a character as much as I understand that this is obviously a reaction to her being hurt once again by Lucifer. And this is her coping mechanism that she is overcompensating and overcorrecting as she later on in the bus scene does this exposition dump. It makes absolutely no sense that someone as responsible as Chloe, who has a daughter, would be willing to marry within three weeks if she only dated the dude for four weeks. Engaging? Okay. Marrying? No. I feel like there is a couple of different reasons why Chloe ends up in the situation. It feels like a perfect storm in the most imperfect way. I think that she is in a little bit of a trance. I think that she is still under the influence of being manipulated by Cain in the first place, but also being hurt by Lucifer, but also Ella being there and behaving the way Ella behaved in the last episode and still is behaving, and a bunch of other things that happened. And if any one of them would have happened differently, there is a chance, in my opinion, that we wouldn't have gotten the result that we did. I'm gonna let this stand here and I will get back to this when we get the exposition dump by drunk Chloe in the bus. But speaking of Ella and what she did last episode, I have found out that I am still very angry at her. And that led to one good thing that inclines that they're overwhelming Chloe. Both Ella and Kane are overwhelming her with the wedding stuff. And I kind of felt like this is good because it's gonna pop her out of the, oh, this needs to happen right now. Or like, I'm okay with this happening because she's gonna realize that this is not who she is. And she's gonna back out. Was my hope and assumption at this stage. We move over to the penthouse. Ames's face in the opening shot when we go inside is pure perfection, especially to mirror my own feelings, because he looks both confused and disgusted at the same time. <laughs> and it's just, I'm not a fan of Amenadiel these days, but fuck me, D.B. Woodside knows how to use his features and his face, and it's so perfect. It's very good. I am in love with Lucifer's pajamas. Oh my god, yes. It's very good and looks very comfortable and I Red satin pajamas. Well, speaking of Ames, I too am not the biggest fan of his decisions lately, but I am with Lucifer. I don't really care about Amenadiel's reasons right now. I am just glad that they're on the same side for once. I could really empathize with Lucifer's reasoning because intent is nice and good to have and understand in other people, but their intent isn't as relevant as the effect that they have. Right now, yeah. So we go back into the precinct and this is so painful and also so hilarious because we set up here the 
cooperation between Dan and Lucifer, which mm -hmm. is brilliant. Mm -hmm. But also Lucifer just keeps proving that his evolution and his progress and everything that we have seen in the last three seasons is completely out of the window by saying shit like the job is who you are to Chloe when he knows and has proven in the past to have understood that she is more than just her job. We bumped into that idea a few times over this episode. I feel like he likes the thing in extremes and in fairness we both agreed on numerous occasions that Chloe should get a hobby because she divides a way too much of her life to her job. I'm not saying that means that she is necessarily her job, but it defines a lot of her person. Yes, yes, that is correct. But it takes him nearly the entire episode to realize that a huge part of Chloe's personality and sense of purpose is being a mother to Trixie. Of course, and it's Lucifer. He knows that he was part of that part of her life for a while, game nights. And so... I'm gonna get this out once, so I don't have to repeat it. I am over the fact that all progress Lucifer has made in the past just repeatedly gets tipped over to benefit singular episode storytelling. Not there for it. I know that you feel that way. Yeah, but this scene also has one amazing bit in it, which is a Lucinda callback. Oh, I love yeah. it so much when Dan calls him Lucinda. Mm. And Lucifer's reaction to this is so brilliant because he is so fucking whelmed by it. <laughs> so that made me extremely happy. Yeah. I did write it down as well. We can move on to the crime scene where we start this off with a song by Confidant called Play In You and which is playing as Lucifer is getting to reason 54 slash 55 of why Chloe said yes to Kane slash Pierce. And I just find it amazing and hilarious and I am very glad that Lucifer and me both are trying to figure out a reason why why would Chloe ever say yes. I'm just glad that he has Dan with him because once again throughout this entire episode Dan proves that he is is by far the best human that can be. I am fully on the hype train and I think Dan and Charlotte are now without any competition my two favorite characters in this show. For sure. And I did not expect that from Dan season one or from Charlotte mom and I fucking love it and he's so great and Dan is trying so hard with Lucifer even though he I'm pretty sure he knows he has no chance with Lucifer but he still tries well at the end something gets through to him he's not working under the assumption that he is gonna get through but he still tries and that yeah. just makes him so 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 much endearing that makes him a good person we go into the case and we see Ella being on the phone talking to someone ordering a pizza penis piñata and of course me having ordered penis pillows I find penis piñata hilarious and I hope the candy is also penis shaped of course of course it is so one part of this scene that I feared would start grating on me but actually didn't turn out as annoying as I feared it would be is Lucifer comparing Dan to Chloe yeah because he re he abandons that plot quite quickly because he realizes that it's bullshit but even him comparing himself to Chloe and then Dan to him, it didn't grow as tiring as I thought it would. But in this instance, I was like, oh no, I'm going to hate this, will I? And then I turn out, no, I actually don't. We, of course, also get the title card in this scene. Mm -hmm. And for once again, we stay at the case after the title card. And Lucifer is now in full Detective Claude mode. And he is caring. He has his care face. And it's incredible. Fuck me. Tom Ellis goes all out, being all earnest, having wide eyes. And basically compassion is written on his fucking forehead. It's so good. It's very good. And I love the fact that Dan immediately drags him on the side and calls him out and saying I thought you never lied but also then Lucifer's reasoning about he's caring about getting into Chloe's head is pretty ironclad I feel like you can't really argue with him on that 
I enjoyed this very, very much. I did not expect the fucking widower to turn out to be the murderer in the end. So I actually felt empathy for the poor widower being subjected to Lucifer caring. Also, the widower is so dumb because I didn't catch the fact that, oh, he's a bad guy. So him being like, oh yeah, I saw him argue with someone, but I didn't know who it was. But huh, I got the license plate. Maybe that is helpful. Of course, in retrospect, duh, he knows he himself is the murderer and he knows who the dude is. So obviously he knows sending them off on that chase makes sense. But Without me knowing that he's the murderer, it's like, dude, of course the license plate is useful, you fucking idiot. <laughs> so, yeah, I had a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I see. I knew, I remembered it was himself. I did not remember anything else about the case. So, for me, it was a beautiful roller coaster of... I knew where we're going, but I had no idea how to get there. Let's move on to the precinct. I have quite a bit of caps lock in this scene. This scene also gave me a big shock because I had completely forgotten that the fucking Mark of Cain is fake that he puts on his arm. So I was like, what? It can't be back? Oh, it's fake. Fuck me. <laughs> I think it's actually a really smart move of Cain because he yes doesn't want her to know that his mark is gone because obviously she's just she gonna stab able him. To kill him. <laughs> But that being said, he can't not show her because if he's not going to show her, she's going to get suspicious. So this is like yeah. the only thing he could do. Yeah. If it weren't for Ella, it would have worked. So, <laughs> oh my God. Speaking of Ella, my next note, he is saved by Ella. <laughs> dot, dot, for now. That is actually really nice. But I had no idea that she's the one who's going to re reveal him later when I wrote this note. So, oh my God, I am a seer, clearly. But sure. nevertheless, Ella does save him for the moment and drags Mace away to the wedding murder board, which is probably the best thing about this entire episode for me. The wedding murder board is so Chloe and I love it, but... Also, girl, why are you planning your fucking wedding at the precinct? Oh, well, you're marrying someone from your work again. And you spend all your time here. So eh, it makes perfect sense. I was quite glad that Mace is getting involved with the bachelorette party at this stage. Because I was hoping that she's not plotting against Chloe. I mean, she's technically not plotting against Chloe at this stage. So, I mean, that was a win for me because she... Isn't she, though? Not really. She's plotting against Kane, essentially. Or like... She's, she's using Chloe. She's using her, but she's not actively plotting against her. Is mm, Interpretation. Probably, yeah. It wasn't like, I want to hurt her specifically. It was, I want to kill Kane. I want them to get married. She was there to support Chloe in order to get her fall in love with Kane or whatever. So Kane doesn't have the mark anymore, which is they still believe or she still believe at least that in order for Kane to lose the mark, Chloe needs to be in love with him. Yeah. And so she is still plotting for Chloe to properly fall in love with Kane yeah. to yeah. then kill Kane, which by her own words is gonna fucking destroy Chloe. So in my definition, she is still plotting against Chloe. Long term, yes. But she is not there to destroy her heart just yet. party. She's not planning to break her heart just yet. Just yeah. in a bit. Essentially, that is yeah. kind of... We go to a wonderful car ride with Lucifer and Dan and oh my fucking god I adore this so much with Lucifer asking about Dan and Charlotte because obviously Chloe cares about Dan and so she would ask these questions and he is so immersed in his role that he asks it's I love this so much more than I expected. Lucifer is a very, very devoted cosplayer. He's a method actor. Yes. I still think cosplay is a 
better explanation for that because we get the outside as well as the inside and it's brilliant it's a very very good scene i kind of like seeing dan kind of getting into his feelings a little bit and especially with what this is gonna become later on in the episode and we touched upon this i find it interesting that he doesn't want to bother chloe to ask her why because i think that on one hand it's because he doesn't doesn't want to hear the answer but also I feel like he just doesn't want to he really wants her to be happy I think and he's struggling with the I don't want to see her happy or hear her say I'm happy and that's why I did this and like I want to be there it's just kind of a duality that I kind of see in Lucifer and I've been seeing that duality for a while now so and I know you haven't so I just wanted to mention that never mind perfectly fine I did not read this statement by him as genuine this for me is his classic river in Africa state of mind because it doesn't match with his previous I missed my chance in the way that you read it I don't think so I think it does like you said we watched two completely different episodes so we already went in length about Lucifer's inner motivations and we disagree extremely. We move over to Charlotte's office and fuck yes, Charlotte. She is so smart. She is so fucking smart and I love her. And of course it makes sense that Amenadiel follows up with her because the previous time that he did that, she put him on the right track. Even though it didn't come to fruition, he is well aware that he needs her to follow up on this Pierce is not who he seems to be approach. Charlotte has a much better approach with the, well, guess who just got invited to the bachelorette party? And she is playing the different angle on everything. I was more focusing in this scene on uh, Amenadiel and his motivations. I find interesting that Ames think that it's okay for him to try to break up Kane and Chloe, even though if he truly believes that Kane loves her and she loves him. Because of course it's okay for him, because God's plan was for Chloe and Lucifer to be together and he is a daddy's boy. That's not what I feel like splitting up people who love each other just because you think they shouldn't be together is not a good motivation. Oh, you are absolutely correct, but in Amenadiel's mind, the only relevant thing is that Chloe and Lucifer are meant to be together because Chloe is the miracle child that is the only person not to be affected by Lucifer's powers and thus has to be intended for Lucifer by dad and Amenadiel does whatever daddy wants. You are completely correct. It's horrible. It's bad. But it's very much in tune with Amenadiel's brain. Yeah, it is. But yeah, it's horrible and yeah. bad and evil, actually. Yes. I was more curious regarding Amenadiel, how he is going to deal with Charlotte's amazing approach to weaponize your own fears and insecurities. Because his face, when she tells him that, is far beyond happy but he deals it nicely later on but mm. that made me really curious like okay is he gonna be able to honestly face his own fears and insecurities because he has done everything in his power to distract himself from facing these things this is one of the reasons why he ended up fucking linda to be distracted to not face his reality to not face his situation and now He's gonna have to face it, to weaponize it, to use it against Pierce, which in his brain is necessary to enact God's plan. I feel like he's not trying to run away from the fact that he is now lost his powers. I think that he's trying to more run away from figuring out why he lost his powers. I feel like that's a little bit of a difference. Um, there is a bit of a nuance there. I think it's less scary for him to realize that he is a mortal than uh, to try to think about why. So to me that was not as much of a thing or like I wasn't really afraid of him getting into a spiral or anything like that or how he's gonna deal with the situation. My final thought in this scene is that I really hoped that they're gonna show Charlotte as competent with watering the seeds of doubt because 
She is, uh, or she used to be a hugely successful attorney in high-stress situations. And in some of the scenes and situations that they put her in in the past, they did her dirty, in my opinion, and I've said so, like with the mediation moment. And so I was worrying that they were gonna have her bumble it up, but we'll see how it turns out. So we go back to our case of the week. We have this beautiful scene of Dan and Lucifer approaching the den of sin or whatever shall we call the club. And they have a conversation about what is missing or Lucifer has a conversation. Let's face it. Lucifer has a conversation with himself about what's missing and why he still can't understand why Chloe thinks the way she does. And then he comes to a conclusion that he needs a Lucifer for himself. And then somehow he lands on the plan that Dan is going to be his Lucifer. Because he fulfills one of the four requirements. He doesn't say which one. He hugs Dan. And I was like, what is happening? And then this entire scene kind of ends up with Lucifer kicking Daniel inside the club and shoving the door and screaming, remember, just be me. And I just get so excited. We get a song actually that is playing inside of the bar called Neon Truck Stop Sign by Black River Delta. It's a very type of a biker bar type of a song and it just works really well with the atmosphere. And I loved that the whole hug was about robbing Dan off his gun and his badge and like giving him the the wad of cash and like swapping that around. And it was just, ugh. I just love this entire scene. I just got so excited. My only issue with this is that Chloe would never shove Lucifer into the den of danger. So Lucifer channeling Chloe, not authentic that Detective Claude would push Lucinda into the den of danger. That's my only issue. Anything else in this scene is amazing and hilarious and it's perfect and I love it. But he breaks character to create his own Lucifer. Yes, I think that is the only reason to break character. The only acceptable reason for him to create. Yeah, but uh, still, shame on him. Shame on him. He broke character. Don't shame him. He's the best. And then Daniel ends this entire scene with saying, Just be Lucifer. I'm here for your money and your women. (laughs) And I just died. By offering them money, which made no sense. I mean, he didn't offer them money. He just showed them that he has something to play with. But it's... Oh, it made me so happy. I genuinely laughed out loud. It was a great scene. No no disagreement there. Yay, we have a final agreement. Yay. 15 minutes into the episode. Yay! Ding, ding, ding. We move over to the Bachelorette party and we're gonna keep coming back to this. Chloe is being led by Maze while wearing a blindfold. And who? Being blindfolded by Maze? Scary! Especially if you expect what Chloe actually expects. If Maze would be her old self, that would be scary as shit. But Chloe actually seems to be really looking forward to what she thinks Maze has set up. Which I find a bit surprising because usually Chloe needed quite a bit of prodding or liquid courage or liquid relaxation to open up enough to enjoy them being classic girls hanging out and stuff. So I was surprised that she was looking so much forward to the classic bachelorette party with strippers and alcohol and partying. But it's a nice change. I hope it did not get completely destroyed with the happenings in this episode. And oh my god, the entire place looks so horrible. When she takes the blindfold off, everything is so pink but the bad pink and we have non-alcoholic punch and everyone just standing there and looking so awkward but also so hot that didn't register i was distracted with yeah i just found it it was hilarious how you had the decorated apartment and everything in a certain sense and then like like a punch in the face right smacked right in the middle of it you have the like sexiest outfits Ella could find in her closets and Linda is all dolled up and like they they all look like they expected a completely different party. They expected they a limousine. Yeah, because they did expect it. Yeah, so 
it's just I found it very funny and very interesting at the same time because I was actually not completely understanding Maze's plan at the beginning of the scene and then just when it dawned on me what what she's about to do it was hilarious. We go back to working the case and obviously Dan has already lost all of Lucifer's money so apparently he's not that good of a poker player. I assume they're playing poker. And then he tries to pull a proper Lucifer. What do you desire? And of course we have to turn it into an awkward no homo moment. But actually it's not that surprising because this is a biker bar. So yeah, that type of mentality is common there. I mean, at the same time, though, if somebody comes to you and stares in your eyes and says, what do you desire? Where does your mind go? It's completely justified. Yeah, it's not surprising. I still don't like it. Even though he completely fumbles the Lucifer move because he doesn't have Lucifer's powers. So how could he not bumble this up? He actually manages to find out, oh wait, that's a dog bite. And he actually manages to bond with the dude about the dog story and starts getting information out of him. But as Chloe tends to do with Lucifer, in just the worst moment, the police comes through the door and Lucifer now has a SWAT team for whatever reason. (laughs) I feel like this is the moment when he starts actually getting into Chloe's mind without realizing it, that he is trying to overplay it, but he is actually getting in somehow into actually getting to play Chloe's part more authentically than I'd say intended. Also, there is a song in the bar playing before they swat in called Untitled by LA Witch, so I just wanted to mention that. But again, beautiful scene. Done being like quick to react to the situation and being very good at his job and Lucifer being Lucifer but also behaving like Chloe. There is so much happening and I really really enjoy that. Also I really enjoy their dynamic. Basically the scolding that Dan does to Lucifer at the end mirrors the dynamic between Lucifer and Chloe in a way but it's not too over the top to be a parody but it's close enough to see Lucifer's approach working. So it's fun to watch and I actually cared way more about the case of this week than I usually do because of this Mm, part. Understandably. But sadly, we have to go back to the bachelorette party. And just like you said, I had trouble working out what Mesa's plan is. Because it was like, okay, she needs Chloe to be more in love with Pierce. But a shitty party is not gonna help with that. But she had like paperwork prepared to list out reasons why Chloe is in love with Pierce or things she likes about him. And on a weird level, I think that makes sense to Maze's view of Chloe. Like, oh, Chloe is this organized person and she likes paperwork and she likes lists, probably. So I do understand it in a way. But later on when she explains the whole, well, if she's getting too drunk, then she's gonna have a drunk confession moment and then she's gonna change her mind and I have to prevent this. But at this point I was like, okay, where are we (laughs) going with this? Yeah. In this scene, we get a little bit more of Linda. And Linda is coming in with with her own baggage towards Maze, for sure. But also, she's not that far away from the truth in the sense of, like, Maze has an agenda. It may not currently involved Linda, but she knows her well enough to know that there is a reason why she's doing it. And the reason is probably not going to be good. I kind of like that fact that Linda comes back as like she is or used to be my best friend so I know her type of a thing. So then Charlotte comes in and is like "Ooh, I have an idea and I just started kind of hoping that it's a really good idea and it's a really good idea. I just find it very sad that we here start reminding everyone that Linda and Mace are not friends anymore and it gets built up more and more later on in the other Bachelorette moments but I don't see them coming back from this and I think it's a fucking waste of what used to be a brilliant depiction of female friendship and they did not deal with it good and this is one of the main things I hate about season 3. I don't completely disagree. I think... (laughs) I take the win when I can get it. (laughs) I have opinions on this later on and I will get into those and... But yes, it is 
it would be shame if they couldn't get over this. And at this stage, it seems like they won't be able to, especially with some of the things that happened during this episode. Yeah. But now we go to Lux, and as we are going to Lux, we do have There's a song. There's a song. Oh. The song's name is You'd Got to Be Alive by St. Francis Hotel. Really? Some of the songs are really nail on the head. Wow. on the head. Whatever the saying is. So they're really... On point. That. Obvious. Yes. This is the moment where we see Amenadiel trying to follow Charlotte's advice with weaponizing his fears and insecurities he focuses completely on the every moment could be your last moment on earth angle which of course is very smart but it's also super easy because that is the obvious step to take when mm -hmm. someone turns mortal and even though we see Pierce's face being like who, who working and maybe he's now thinking about it Pierce already had eternity and he didn't care about life he is not gonna miss being immortal The only thing that this, in my expectation, would do is heighten his appreciation for things because it's the same Greek gods versus Greek humans in the stories. Humans appreciate things more because their lives are short and mm -hmm. every moment is fleeting. And this is why the gods envy men because gods are eternal and for them nothing is fleeting and nothing is precious. For me, this was not a, oh my God, I'm going to regret this. But no, this was going to be a, I'm going to maximize the joy and flavor of every second that I have now. I think where Ames was trying to aim <laughs> nice <laughs> how, how did this never come up before <laughs> <laughs> with this anyway uh i think where he's going with this is more you are committing yourself to one life one lifestyle do you really want to do that rather than you're gonna die and you have to enjoy everything which is not mutually exclusive but i feel like he is trying to focus him on essentially the same thing that ella told chloe earlier do you really want to spend the rest of your life with just the one person if this is the one life you get that is the impression that i got from from the argumentation I did have one more note on this, and that is, if a conversation like this, if the realization that you only have a certain amount of time and nothing is certain in this life and whatever, if that would be enough for their relationship to turn sour, it would not be much of a relationship anyway, so they would probably deserve to be broken up anyway. So that was just my only realization at the end of the scene. Their relationship is not much of a relationship. Yeah. We move back to the bachelorette party. I love the moment. I forgot which of the girls says it, but one says, this is torture. And Linda. that's just a perfect description of a party organized by Mace. And she immediately realizes it. She says, this is torture and immediately says, of course, it's Mace. And I feel like something clicks in her mind as well. <laughs> But now everything is turning around because Charlotte is the fucking best and she got them a party bus. The way we find out is that we start hearing a song called Get the Party Started, which is by Pink, obviously. And it's oh, something that I would never, ever, ever, ever expect to be on Lucifer's soundtrack. But I'm all here for it. I love this song. I actually love Pink, I have to say. It's, yeah, like, yes, there's no disagreement here. It's a good song. It's a fun song. And also Party Bus. Hell yeah. We go back to the precinct. And oh my god, the biker is so cute when he starts talking about the dog. And he's so fully aware that no, there's prejudice. And so he can't walk his baby puppy dog by himself. So he has to hire someone. It's just, no big burly men with tattoos and scars and broad shoulders, but huge hearts for their puppies. I'm sorry. I'm so into that. I'm so into that. It's very good. Also, Lucifer is being surprisingly good detective at this scene. He is full Chloe mode. He is now Detective Claude 
100%. And Dan is so supportive of this charade. He is so good. He still doesn't really like it, but he helps him along. Like, he nudges him in the right direction. Like, oh, this is where you have to basically... He's the best And Lucifer does the same for him as well. Lucifer, Lucifer is like... See, now is the time when you, like, slum him against the wall. Just do it now. do Like, this entire scene, it's super short, but it's so sweet. Everything about this scene yeah, is sweet. It's, uh, the enabling in this scene. We do go back with confidence. And the confidence is the song that is called Confidence by Demi Lovato. <laughs> wow. Wow, and here I was like, oh my god, did I miss something? No, I didn't. And while we go back with confidence, I now understand Maze's plan. And yeah. not only do we now understand Maze's plan, now Ella jinxed it. Because she said, nothing will go wrong. And once you say that, something will go wrong. And I just want to say it once more for the record. If I ever change my mind and end up getting married, I want Charlotte to plan my bachelorette party. So just for the record, I'm going to say this. What she did is not legal. You should not be waiving charges in order to get somebody do a favor slash sexual favor for you. Especially because the team, as far as I understood it, is a college team. So I would be very careful about these things. However, if somebody like that showed up out of their own will at my bachelorette's party, I would not complain. We need to go back to working the case. We have a first now happening in this moment. Lucifer mm -hmm. is trying to draw out the desires of Dr. Valerie. And... She is genuinely so happy that it does not affect her, even though he puts on such a strong mojo that the fucking woman behind Dr. Valerie that he's not even looking at is affected by his mojo. So we get the confession with the miracle of birth. Mm. This is the one instance where Lucifer is not able to fully channel Chloe's gut because Chloe would know. She would that realize this that, yeah. is not the answer. She would now be, ah, something doesn't feel right. We need to look into some more. And he does not have her gut. No gut, no glory. It makes sense. Just like Dan yeah. does not have Lucifer's power, Lucifer does not have Chloe's, Chloe's gut. So it makes perfect sense. But to me, it was very obvious that he is missing this part. And this is why we are now unknowingly still looking for the actual murderer. <laughs> Yeah. So we're going to pop back onto the party bus and we are listening to my Devils in the Music song. It is the 2012 hit song called I Love It by Icona Pop. And I love this scene. I love this song. I love this song. I love this scene. There is things that I did not see coming happening in this scene. Let's start with Charlotte having a conversation with Chloe, which is going absolutely amazingly according to Charlotte's plan and everything. She is but very you did not, good. You did not expect oh, that. Oh, no. I, I expect that. Oh, uh, okay. And Sorry, Charlotte being thought... like... She, Charlotte is obviously very good at getting into people's heads because that yeah. was literally her job for years. She's but the brilliant. fact that Mace is so pissed off that she physically throws the guys off the bus one by one. I did not expect that. The bus didn't even slow down and she just chugs them out. It's so good. It's so very Mace, but it's also so fucking funny. They're all gonna get so bad road rash because they're all topless. Oh yeah. So poor water polo boys, but also, well, maybe you shouldn't agree to weird deals to get your charges waived. So just desserts and all that. I love that Chloe is already super drunk. I also love Charlotte pointing out explicitly that Chloe is marrying the second dude from work. Because I have pointed this out in the past. We've talked we have, about this and yeah. as we have seen in the past with Linda, sometimes spelling out stuff that I 
said, and back when she was still my favorite, me being very happy when I get validated by my favorite character. Now the same thing is happening with Charlotte. So the same thing is happening in my brain where I go, thank you, Charlotte. Yay. So that made me extremely happy. But just like I get whiplash from the very fast cutting from scene to scene, I also get whiplash within the scene from being, oh my God, this is awesome. And then the camera swivels over to Linda and Mace. Mm -hmm. And they are about to throw down. Like, Mm -hmm. Linda has her fists up. Ella is physically in between Mace and Linda. And a bit later in the scene, Mace breaks the fucking bottle to start fighting with Linda. And I'm just like, maybe that's the way. Maybe the two of them need to pull a Mace Lucifer moment and beat the crap out of each other. Maybe that's the solution to resolve this but sadly that's not happening nothing gets resolved i actually agree with you on this one i think they do need to fight and they need to talk and fight it out or maybe not talk they need to fight it out they need to communicate somehow what happened is before the way their their friendship essentially ended was by Mace refusing to communicate in any yeah. way. She, yeah. Mace just walks out and decides that she wants to go back to hell and that's it for her. In order for them to get through this, they need to go through this. Exactly. And if necessary, we've head first through the wall. Yeah, absolutely. And this is what actually, it made me weirdly happy to see them getting really close to fight. Because I was like, you see a glimpse of maybe that's the way. Also because they wouldn't get that angry if they didn't still care. Exactly. So there is maybe still at least a tiny, tiny sliver of hope. But while this is happening, Ella realizes, oh, wait a minute, Charlotte, and she knows Charlotte, we know what she thinks of Charlotte, especially what she used to think of Charlotte. Charlotte is talking to Chloe and she catches her. I really appreciate her way of phrasing it. Because she goes, I'm sure you didn't mean to get into her head, but you're really starting to freak her out. Mm -hmm. Which is as non-accusatory as it is possible to phrase it. Especially in the states that they are in. Yeah. So I really appreciated this moment. This is the Ella that I want back. This is the Mm -hmm. one that I loved. And I really hope that we go back. Back to that type of Ella and not the matchmaking Ella and the scheming Ella. and Yeah, same. So, so many things happening in the scene. So many things. And they all sort of make me happy. Even the fact that Ella is now directly facing the consequence of Chloe and Pierce rushing into a relationship slash marriage. That at least Chloe, especially seeing her now, is just not ready for. And I don't think that Ella notices, but I did. So I was just like, "Mm, see, this is what happens. This is what happens when you... Metal too Metal. much. Yep. So <laughs> let's take away a real life lesson. Don't meddle in the affairs of other people. Let people find their way to each other on their own. Yep. We go back to a wonderful car scene. I really enjoy the car scenes in this episode. But now Dan has to sit in the back because the dog is riding shotgun. Cornelia, Cornelia. Oh, I love it so much. I love that Dan. I love Dan. Yes. He's so good. So we see Lucifer getting back on his bullshit and getting a little bit too taken by himself being actually good at being Chloe. I feel like sometimes that happens, and I I love how this is kind of nicely set up. Sometimes it happens uh, when you're acting and you're acting a character, playing a character, and you get so comfortable that suddenly you start pushing too much or you start getting too much into it and suddenly you're way off, but you don't see it. And this is kind of what feels like happened to Lucifer, that he felt so comfortable and good and like, oh, I finally got her down. This is exactly Chloe. Ooh, solve the case, whatever. And he got so cocky that he overshot and now he's more Lucifer pretending to be Chloe than actually understanding the motivations or anything. And Dan is there to call him out on it and stand up for himself and not take the abuse from Lucifer. And this is what I want to see. 
it made me so happy. Mm. And also, Dan does a really great job at making Lucifer more aware. And the way he talks about Chloe is beautiful mm -hmm. because it shows what a wonderful relationship Dan and Chloe have nowadays. This relationship has come such a long way. I did not expect the show to deal with this in such a mature and positive way. And it's really, really beautiful. But also, it's kind of infuriating that Lucifer does not catch on to the similarities between him and Chloe and Dan and Charlotte. Because Dan does catch on. And mm -hmm. this is what propels him into action at the end of the episode. But for Lucifer, it's a, as usual, longer path to recognition and realization. It takes him longer, but he gets there. But now we get into another plot point that is going to unravel some more. And we are outside of the party bus. Ella made everybody leave the party bus to have a talking to without Chloe listening because you know you don't want to psych her up even more you want you don't want to kill her buzz indeed Ella at this stage unintentionally reveals that Pierce has mentioned fake tattoos to her and somehow Mazikeen connects this to the mark of Cain which like congratulations for being super smart because I didn't see that coming but yay Go Mace! It makes absolutely no sense because the mark of Cain that he has on his arm is not a fake tattoo. It's a prosthetic, basically. RSX makeup. Yeah. Yeah. And fake tattoos are very different. So totally unrelated. Yeah, it's just a, like I understand why he asked Ella about fake tattoos because I think that he may have considered that as an option and it didn't work for him and then he ended up with the makeup thing but like how did Mace get there? I don't understand. Because the script says so. It makes no sense. Like seriously it makes no sense. Yeah. I'm glad that we agree on that. But now she knows and Chloe is in the wind. The bus drove off. Yay! Finally! Chloe's Which... ready to party on her own. Okay. I kind of wonder if the bus driver decided to, yeah, fuck this drama, we're gonna drive. Or if Chloe said, fuck this drama, we're gonna drive. I have a headcanon that it was the bus driver and I will explain Because she's why awesome. Later. So I'm willing to accept that. But first we have to go back to the precinct. Very and precinct. I only have one note. Come on then, catch on. It's obvious it's the widower and the dog knows. And thankfully Dan does catch on and we see it uh, resolved later on. And I also have a note. Lucifer, please wake up for fuck's sake. And I think I'm pretty sure that's related to this entire Cornelia being completely inadequate replacement for Trixie. I'm pretty sure that's what it refers to. But who knows? Who knows? Not us who wrote our own notes. So there is a brief cutscene. We go into Lux's bathroom and Kane is washing his hands and gets jumped by Mace. And as she is attacking him, he tries to explain, I just needed more time to figure out how to tell you whatever, while she nearly pins him down and guts him, nearly kills him there. Amenadiel screams at Mace. She turns around for a second in which Kane runs off and he escapes her. So it's just this like really short fight scene that is really good and has no relation to anything that's happening and oh. well that puts the later scene in a much different perspective so we're going to talk about that when we get there yep but first we go back to the bachelorette party and we get the aforementioned exposition dump from Chloe about Chloe. And attentive listeners might have noticed in the past that I am not a fan of these exposition dumps. But in this case, it actually makes sense because it's such a convoluted reasoning that I don't think most of the viewers, me included in part, would have been able to gather Decipher. all this motivation from the writing around Chloe. So this is an acceptable shorthand. And in this case, I'm okay with it, especially because we have this conversation 
with the bus driver. Mm -hmm. So the bus driver really makes the scene for me. Had it just been the exposition dump, I probably wouldn't have been as happy. But with the bus driver, this all gets actually wrapped up quite nice and neatly. And so when at the end we are at Chloe's, it all fits and feels organic mm -hmm. but i of course i i hate the fact that but yeah we're gonna we're gonna get there now we get to a segment of happenings that made me scream with happiness it was so good first we go to the precinct and we see lucifer through old-fashioned police work getting to the solution of no, who no, no. is he's the doing killer. paperwork he's doing paperwork yeah old-fashioned police work The thing that Chloe always does. Yeah, but the thing is, he's not working the case because he decided the case is done. So he's finishing up the paperwork, which is still completely in Chloe's mindset, which, yes. This entire thing, yeah, it's so great. And then he realizes that Frederick is the killer and then we have a cut and going to Frederick's place and fucking Daniel is pulling Lucifer. He's sitting in the darkness with a glass of whiskey and oh my god, it's so good. And it's so beautifully done because you have this dark apartment and Frederick walks in thinking there's no one there and he's talking shit to poor doggy, to poor pregnant lady doggy. And so it's instantly obvious he's not just a killer, no, he's evil. And then Dan Duh. pulls the Lucifer with the glass at the light. And I'm pretty sure he repositioned furniture just to be able to do this. Just What like do you Lucifer think would. Lucifer does? Yeah. My only disappointment with this is Lucifer never has to care about the whole being in a dangerous situation because he's fucking immortal. But Dan knows he is not immortal, so he should have had a gun with him and he should have expected the dude to pull a gun on him. So yes. that is my only tiny, tiny complaint because he knows Frederick is the murderer. So it's logical to expect him to try to murder Dan. Yeah, I pretty much had the same notes on this as well. Finally. Unfortunately, Daniel is not immortal. That is the only difference between him and Lucifer in this moment. And then Frederick says something that finally makes the case of the week and the metaplots one again and we have something to project on finally so this feels like a proper lucifer episode because he mentions and i didn't write this down he mentions that he how is he supposed to oh my god i fuck i should have write, written it down anyway he pretty much quotes daniel from earlier so it's just Er, it's so good. We finally get a chance to project properly on the case with word for word quotes. Since we have the projection, we have Frederick, the dead husband, and Cornelia, the dog. Pierce is the dog. Frederick is Lucifer. And the dead husband is Chloe, right? Essentially, yes. Yes. Perfect. Because somebody is taking away Frederick's partner and he hates him for it. And he's trying to understand why. So Pierce why. is a pregnant dog. Yes. Pierce is Cornelia and Cornelia is Pierce. Cornelia, <laughs> Kane, it both starts with a C. I mean, I think that's just obvious. I'm just happy that Pierce is a pregnant dog. Well, now we finally have the solution. Pierce can have children. He's pregnant already. <laughs> no, no, no. Wait, Pierce is Cornelia and the puppy babies is the wedding. Mm. Mm. I like this. And of course, then Lucifer shows up, saves Dan. He scolds him for putting himself into such a dangerous situation, exactly like Chloe does. And then while he keeps scolding him, and this once again, as much as I'm not a fan of the going back and forth with the personal evolution of Lucifer, Tom Ellis fucking kills this. Mm -hmm. The realization, the dawning in his face while he keeps talking at Dan, it's just really, really well played. This is a quote-worthy moment. I have written it down. He says, maybe I should find someone steady, someone responsible, someone who'll be there for me. And I feel like that's pretty much what Chloe said on the bus as her reasoning why she chose Pierce. Yeah, because he seemed stable. Yes. And it's just so... Ah, I was just getting very ecstatic at this stage of the scene. Now... 
this has been wrapped up and mm-hmm. we go over to Chloe's. Yep. And Pierce is sitting on the couch and I was like, uh-uh, uh-oh, no, 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 that is not good. And now that you have mentioned the deleted scene mm-hmm. with Mason Pierce in the bathroom, this is so much more sinister because this means Pierce deliberately uses Trixie as a human shield, willing to potentially risk Trixie because Mace has broken all her relationships. What is to say she will even respect this? I think that by Kane, that was the best he could do in a given situation. Still, it's heartless as fuck. It's horrible. It's definitely horrible. But he needed some sort of protection and his best bet was Trixie. Yeah, it's still as cold fucking as asshole. It is. <laughs> oh yeah. Fuck it's smart. Pierce. Fuck Kane. Called as this is, it was his best choice. It was his best option. But also, this is the tiny sliver of potential hope for some humanity left in Maze. Because that she... She does back off. Yeah. So, wow. Did not expect that. The whole scene is so much worse. It was bad the added before. knowledge. Yeah, it was bad before. But with the added knowledge of the bathroom scene, this is so much worse. And then Chloe walks in. And I was so glad that she handed back the ring. But also, I'm so angry. I'm so angry that they put us through this. Because I told you so after we stopped recording last week. Had I not binged season three when I first watched Lucifer, I probably would have stopped watching the show after last episode. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I was so angry. And they resolve this bullshit within one episode. That is so stupid. That is so fucking stupid. So we go into the penultimate scene, which is at Charlotte's home. And basically the entire scene inside my brain, I go, yes, 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 yes. See, I was going for first half was please, 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 please. And the second half was yes, 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 yes. Oh, I had no doubts that my boy Dan would channel his inner Lucifer, but in better, because he would actually have the balls to tell her how he really feels, while still giving her all the space and choice. And speaking of parallels, he makes sure that Charlotte has all the information to make an informed choice. Which I have been saying for a while now that Lucy is taking away Chloe's free will by claiming that she doesn't have free will because he is not providing her with all the information. Dan provides Charlotte with all the information. She now holds all the cards and it's up to her. And he gives her complete freedom and space to make her choice at Obviously, it's a very easy choice. And I absolutely agree with everything you said. To me, the please, please, please was, I hope she goes for it. I hope she says yes. I wasn't doubting Dan's skills or Charlotte's love for him. I just wasn't sure if she's ready to be in a relationship with Dan yet. You weren't sure if the writers were going to torture us some more. Yes, pretty much. And then the second half was like, yay, she's going for it. This makes me so happy. And so now I have my happy shipping moment. And I'm mm. so, so happy and glad and everything is beautiful and I love this. And if it was up to me, the episode would just end right here. And then I would have all the happy feelings and butterflies and flowers and sunshine. However, we would not have the setup for the finale. And so we move into the final scene and as happy as I was, I now instantly become very, very angry because Lucifer walks up to Chloe to talk to her. And I'm for this one short second, I had hope. Same. And then they do what they have been doing and I'm over it. I'm done with caring about Lucifer's progress. Because he sees that she has no ring anymore and that the wedding is off and he goes back to normal. And she's on board with this. Because they're chickens. They're scared. This is the moment where I stop caring about Star. I don't care if they ever get together, if they never get together. I don't care. This is going to be a back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And probably by the final, final, final episode, they're still not going to be together like other shows have done in the past. And I'm over it. I'm going to focus on the characters that make me happy even when they infuriate me. But... I'm over this. So this is the moment where I internally quit Star 
completely. That's fair. Hey, listen, you said that about Linda before and then you kind of swayed back a little bit at some stage. So I am not giving up on you. I appreciate that. I'm not hopeful. I'm here to bring you back eventually when the time comes. Mm -hmm. I understand you need your time. But yes, we do have an exposition in the scene. Obviously, so on board with you. I am so pissed at Lucifer for chickening out. And same with Chloe, because Chloe knows. They know. I mean, Lucifer doesn't know, no. He doesn't realize, but she knows how she feels about him. I don't blame Chloe because he has hurt her so much in the past. I don't blame her for putting herself not out there to just be trampled again. Yeah. It's just a lot of frustration at this stage yes. for me. Yes. As the episode is finishing up, we the camera pans out to the balcony and we see Kane standing there and he is pissed. And this is what the last two episodes are going to be about because he is pissed about so the wedding being called off. And this is where the episode leaves us. This was a great episode. Linda and Mace had just a smudge of a confrontation. And I'm hoping that will escalate soon. And I explained why before. I was just slightly annoyed by Ella, which was big improvement from last time. This was nowhere near as much as it, I was hating her last time. And then the whole plan that Ames comes up with is actually pretty good. He doesn't come up with it, Charlotte does. Credit where credit is due. Okay, let me rephrase this. The whole plan that Ames and Charlotte come up with is actually surprisingly good. I think it worked in both cases, on both fronts, and... I think it just worked in a different direction, which I found interesting. I also think that it's much better storytelling-wise that Chloe is the one ending the, the engagement, because the last thing I want to see is a heartbroken Chloe. And then, then we have the whole case of the week. I love that both Daniel and Lucifer took something from the experience. It shows me that they have a mutual respect for each other and that they care. And then I am here for assertive Daniel. More assertive Dan, please. It's so good to watch. So I'm just gonna finish this up and wrap this up with two things. I am disappointed with Lucifer. For chickening out. And my question towards the future episode. I am not 100% sure if Chloe broke up with Kane or if she just called off the wedding. Because I don't think that they cleared it up enough in this point. I assume that she broke up with him because of the anger that we see. But with his anger issues, it could be entirely possible that he is just jealous that she broke off the engagement and spends time with Lucifer. That would be enough for him to be pissed off. That's a good point. Didn't think of that. And that's me. After last episode, I did not expect this episode and I did not expect to like this episode at all. And I ended up liking it so much. The horrible engagement is broken off. Dan has so much screen time, so much more than usual. And he excels at both his usual work, but also at his channeling for Lucifer. Plus, he opens up his heart at the end and I get my happy, happy moment. And it's just... <sighs> This is the moment where usually you go with the Mike, I don't have a heart, but Mike hold that heart. <sighs> this is the second it blooms. <laughs> the bachelorette party was awkward and hilarious and horrible and perfect. And it gave us so much needed time with the girl group. Ella is totally channeling her own needs into this party for whatever reason. Mace is playing her own game, but learning that Pierce is playing a charade at the end. Linda and Mace have all this tension between them, which we talked about. At least they seem to still care. And of course, Charlotte is being the absolute boss at everything. And I fucking love her so, so much. Even a Manadiel plays this part well and manages to not get on my nerves at all this round, even though, to me, his whole scene and plot seems utterly meaningless in the light of this episode's developments. Lucifer does some growing, but if there is one thing this season has taught me, any and all character growth for Lucifer will never be reliable. 
So I have, as of now, stopped caring about his progress. Two more episodes and we have a mace with a thirst for vengeance in the one corner and a now mortal but fucking pissed off Pierce in the other. Fun times ahead, I hope. And with this we say thank you for listening. If you are curious, find us on the various social medias. We love interacting with you either over there or when you send us emails to lucifer at taot-podcast.com. If you want to get even more personal and have secret chats with us on our exclusive Discord server, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash taotpodcast. We have a whole bunch of different rewards from early release to hours of bonus content. Yes, hours. If that sounds like too much pressure you can help the show by leaving positive itunes reviews they really really help or telling all your friends about us because nothing beats a personal recommendation thank Thank you you. Bye. bye